There's a common perception in Jamaica that suicide is not an issue for the country. It is believed that our warrior spirit and iry nature makes us resistant to issues of mental health and depression. For men, any sign of mental or emotional challenge is believed to erodes one's masculinity. Suicide, if discussed, is seen as a foreign people problem. And for many of us, we can't fathom what would drive one of our own down that path. We were all shocked back in 2017 when we got news of a 13-year-old boy committing suicide. The video that surfaced days after his death showed the young boy pleading with viewers to be careful of the words that they speak to children because they take it to heart. Even for me, it was unbelievable that a boy that young would choose to end his life. There are suicide suspicions and reports all the time across news sources in Jamaica and across the world. This past April, there was a young man in Portmore, and there's also a trend of men ending their lives across pop culture, locally and internationally, with local dancehall artist Delos, the beloved actor Robin Williams, and young and restless actor Christoph Johnson. Hello, good people. My name is Crystal Dixon, and welcome to another episode of Life of Service. I love so much that you guys are engaging with this podcast. I deeply, deeply appreciate it. This is a podcast where I talk about my experience working as a development practitioner in the U.S. Peace Corps and my steady transition into tech. I'll tell crazy stories, give advice on managing projects and other life things, and of course, my new love for AI and machine learning. This is a weekly podcast, and you can get more updates on my IG page at KSVRD. And for those of you who prefer video, you can check out my waveform on YouTube at KSVRD. Let's go, y'all. In this episode, I wanted to get into that subtle part of my intro where I mentioned transitioning into tech. In the opening, you heard an excerpt from my first Medium article back in April, Why Are So Many Jamaican Males Committing Suicide? That was the title. This article was written as a tangent from a machine learning project I was working on on Kaggle, which is a popular data science website. In the project, I sought to identify clusters of suicide victims based on suicide occurrences, GDP of their country, nationality, gender, etc. But before I get into that, let's back up a little bit. How did I even get here? How does a person who wanted to do development work all their life suddenly get interested in machine learning and tech? Well, I'm about to tell you. It all started when I got an email from Coursera about their data science courses. From going through their brochure, they had courses on visualization, spreadsheets, data analysis, and like just going through everything just rekindled all my interests in research that I developed in college. So I was like, okay. This was also at a time when I was really trying to figure out what I would spend my two years building and learning so that I would be more prepared for life after Peace Corps. And so if you know me, you know that I've been interested in everything related to social justice since I was a child, since before I even knew what social justice was. And that interest has led me down various paths, like getting into photography, academic research, grassroots development and working with development organizations to program design and evaluations and now machine learning. But my aim has never really changed. And I've really just found a concise way to say what I've been chasing down all these years, which is to just be a part of the solution. 
I've learned that it matters very little to me what I do, like whether it's to be a doctor or a professor. As long as I get to shape the world in a creative but effective way, I'll be good. And so from Coursera's email, I got into Coursera's specialization course in data science. And I started there for a while before switching to data camp because it was just a lot more practical and hands-on. And so from there, I started learning the fundamentals of computer science and programming. So for loops and if statements and all these things. And then I got a little bit into statistical concepts um, like visualizations and analysis and descriptive statistics. And then from there, I moved on to machine learning. So algorithms, supervised learning, unsupervised learning. And then I started doing projects on my own. And this was months and months and months of just going through online material. So when data camp wasn't sufficient, I was YouTubing things. I was Googling Stack Overflow things. It was just months and months of just me learning and fully trying to understand what machine learning is, what data science is, and how can I use it to this greater goal of being a part of the solution. And for those of you who don't know, machine learning is essentially the process of teaching computers how to learn from past information, from data. So it's supposed to mimic the way that humans learn. So this is the idea. Humans learn from past information. So all of the experiences that you have gathered so far gives you a better intuition on what to do next in your life or what decision to take. Um, how to predict certain things because you you have all these experience that give you intuition. And so it's trying to give computers that similar intuition based on past data. And the more that it has, the more relevant data that it has, the better it will be. That's the premise. Now, after all those months and months of learning, I feel like I'm finally here, you guys. I feel like I'm much closer to knowing exactly what I want to do with this life of mine. Or at the very least, I know what my next step is. And that is to really just bridge the gap between what goes on in the development industry with what goes on in technological industries. I truly believe that if you merge that level of innovation, creativity, and problem solving with the amazing work that organizers and policy workers and development grassroots practitioners are doing, then we can make the process of social change much more efficient and effective. Like we can't, can't leave out effectiveness. So let's take my machine learning for suicide victims project that I mentioned earlier. Essentially what I did was to use statistics to analyze what are the relationships between suicide victims and how did we find the relationship? We had to look at the characteristics. So this included the rates of suicides, the nationality, the age, gender, and things like that. And the idea was to find a feature of the victims that was very highly correlated with the higher rates of suicides within a particular country. What I did from there was to identify clusters of suicide victims based on how similar or dissimilar the victims are. And we use their characteristics to do so, to measure how similar or dissimilar they are. So um, people within a sa the same age group, the same gender, the same country, the same um, country with a particular economy size. We look at those things to see how similar or dissimilar groups of suicide victims are. 
And then from there, we can identify profiles. That means information like age, gender, nationality, and other demographical information to see exactly what profiles do these clusters take on. Now imagine how powerful that insight is. If we know that suicide victims are most likely to be middle-aged men from Ukraine who work in corporate, or there's another cluster of newlywed American females in their 20s and 30s, then we're better able to target these groups for intervention and create more personalized campaigns that highlight the specific issues each group faces in addition to these broad campaigns that we currently do. And that's why I've fallen in love with machine learning, you guys, because it gives you insights that would take decades of experience in an industry to develop an intuition for. And companies are already using this technology on all of us, like your Netflix recommendations, your Amazon purchases with people who bought this also bought. I mean, the ads that you see on IG, on YouTube, like these are all based on machine learning algorithms. And the aim is to enhance your experience. And it gives companies as much data as they need about you for you to pay them to further enhance your experience. We need that level of insight in social programs so we can better serve populations. And that's what I want to spend some more years doing, you guys. Like, I want to see how we can bridge tech with development. Particularly, I want to target NGOs and social enterprises to see how I can make their work more effective. I mean, NGOs spend time and money on ineffective programs a lot of the times simply because they don't evaluate. They don't evaluate often enough to see whether or not they're actually making progress within a certain activity. They're not really targeting the interests of the people that they serve because a lot of the times they think, okay, um, because I'm offering this free thing and it's for your benefit, you're just supposed to gravitate to it. Like, no, People have interests and desires and all these things that is appealing to them. So if you're coming to them with something that just doesn't sound good, like, for example, I talked about in a past episode how my community didn't really gravitate to all the environmental education and awareness projects that I was set out to do because that was the goal of my Peace Corps service. People wanted to talk dollars and cents. And so if I'm not targeting that within whatever message I'm trying to get across. If I'm not targeting their issues, then they're not gonna hear what I have to say. And so NGOs and other development organizations need to evaluate things real time using machine learning and other traditional me methods so that we can quickly identify what works and then we can focus on the things that do work. For those of you who want to know the conclusions of the cluster analysis on suicide victims, in the various clusters I identified, there was one cluster that consisted of the majority or the bulk of the data points. So most of the suicide victims ended up falling into this cluster. And there was no unique profiling element, so that one wasn't too relevant. There was a cluster two that consisted of victims from Japan, Ukraine, and the United States. And all the victims in this area were male, but they were male from a very wide age group from 15 to 74. In cluster three, the algorithm picked up suicide victims that were all males from the United States between ages 34 to 74. 
and the age group 35 to 54 had the greatest number of suicide occurrences. There was a fourth cluster of suicide victims who were all from the United States, again, but this time it was males and females. But the majority in this cluster was females, and they had a very, very like wide span of ages as well. But the interesting thing about this cluster, cluster four, is that millennials had the greatest number of suicides in this cluster. You guys have made it to the end of the episode. So you know where to find me once again if you want to respond to this podcast. Instagram at KSVRD. Or you can leave voice notes on this platform or whatever platform you're listening from. I keep saying this because I feel so deeply appreciative for the love I've received so far. So I'm going to say it again. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Peace and love until next week.